Welcome back to the Unanimous Decision Podcast. I am your host, Deepalm. Follow me on Twitter at Deepalm66. Follow the show on Twitter at UDPod. Follow the entire MTR network at, you guessed it, the MTR network. You found us. Don't you dare lose us. Subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on Spotify. Subscribe everywhere podcasts are given away for absolutely free 99. Leave that five-star review on iTunes. I'll read those words on the air no matter what they say, even if you're mocking one of my beloved teams, the Georgia Bulldogs, the Atlanta Falcons, or even sometimes the occasional Atlanta Hawks. We're back again twice in a week. I know your heads are spinning, but we're not talking sports today. I'm sorry. If you came for sports talk, I'll see you at episode 200. I think that's fair because this is going to be a different episode. And the next episode, spoilers, it's my podcast. I kind of do what I want. We're going to talk about Star Wars with my wife because my wife has dove into Star Wars during the quarantine. And now the Mandalorian, if you, if you don't know Star Wars as well as you think you should, she's got you. She may mock you on the way there, but we're going to make it make sense for you. Justin's here today. Um, Three Fist Pod is here a lot. Justin, you know, Susan, you've met Susan more than once. She's turned, I don't know what happened. She turned into the, you haven't watched the shows. She turned into that Star Wars fan. Lie to me again. You know exactly what happened. Lie again. You had her watch Clone Wars. That's what happened. This isn't, I've watched Clone Wars, but the thing about it is, he came into this world thinking, oh, these are the six movies Daniel let me watch that one time. Which, for the record, when when we started dating, she had not watched a Star Wars movie. We've now watched all we watched all six before we got married because I mean you can't get married unless you've seen all six. Um you've seen the new trilogy. Over the holiday, over the holiday, Jesus, quarantine. She said, I what's something we can watch together that you love that you think I'll like? I said, You gotta trust me on this, the Clone Wars. And I've never seen one person be so radicalized by Dave Fioni. <laughs> Yo! <laughs> like a two-month fan. <laughs> I don't I want to know what happened first, like which one of his bosses realized that he's basically pumping out violent anti-fascist propaganda. Someone said to me, it feels like the George Floyd protest. Someone was like, it feels like these these are the generation of kids who watch Clone Wars said there'd be more explosions. Yes. Like just, just straight up like it's. It is wild, but that is the next podcast. This podcast, the reason I have Justin on is because we're going to talk about something that's near and dear to both our hearts. The first time I met Justin's tall ass, um, we did a live show together at AwesomeCon, and this man wore a Miles Morales mask on the dais. And that's who we were talking about today. You're going to be getting later this month or week. I'm not sure. It's going to be recorded. It hasn't been recorded yet, but I know it's going to release. We're doing a Miles Morales character corner update. So we'll talk about some of the comic books up there, but here we're going to talk about the newest kind of sensation that's accompanied the PS5 release, and that is the Miles Morales Spider-Man game. And a lot of you are saying, Deep Home, this is a sports show. Well, more importantly, it's my show, so I apologize for nothing. We'll see you on Saturday. Now, Justin, let's talk about Miles as a character. This is a character because you and I are deep Marvel guys. We're, if you listen to the character core, you listen to any of our premium content, you know that me, obviously, but Justin's been on there, too. You know that we are kind of the vintage, old-school Marvel fans. We're men of a certain age, as I've started to say. And Miles is a character that was invented less than 10 years ago. I got to keep reminding myself that. Like, my godbrother is only two years older than Miles. 
wild to me. Yes. And, and I think just with, with when, when you have a character like that, like Miles sort of achieved pop culture relevance before his character had a chance to be fully fleshed out. And it's like, it's weird. We got to watch literally Miles grow up both in fiction and in our eyes in real time. Like we got to see the character grow up. We got to see different authors handle him. Publication goes. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's super interesting to watch this happen because when the character was introduced, it was done in the Ultimate Spider-Man universe. Uh, Brian Michael Bendis wrote it. And I was always invested, but I was always nervous. Because I was nervous that it would be a good concept that would be taken by someone else and ridden into the ground. But what I didn't see was Marvel letting Bendis write him the entire time he, he wanted. He was the only writer to write him for years. And I think it's not a coincidence that that coincides with the era of Marvel blowing up in the movie theaters. Because now, if your balance sheet says, look how much money you made for movies, let's have a little fun with these comics and experiment with some of these tropes and ideas and give them a, a woman Thor, a black Captain America, or an Afro-Latino Spider-Man. That thing they say they miss about Peter Parker, the kid in high school, let's give it to him. Let's give it to him different and in some ways flat out better. I would direct everyone to the character corner feed to find out more about Miles's comic book kind of introduction and origins and how he's gotten to where he is now. We're going to be obviously updating that later this month. But let's talk about meta Miles because Miles didn't accrue years of classic stories. He wasn't written by a bevy of top talent. Marvel said, we got a winner on our hands. They put him in cartoons. They put him in the Ultimate Alliance video game. They put him in there like their card games. He was everywhere. They were kind of, it was, it was a big deal. Miles Morales, the other Spider-Man. They never called him the other Spider-Man, but they just called him Spider-Man, which I also loved. And then into the Spider-Verse drops, and the world kind of changes around the discussion of this character, Justin. Into the Spider-Verse, I still contend is a perfect movie. And it completely, I've always enjoyed Miles. But seeing Into the Spider-Verse, it gave me something I didn't know that I wanted, right? Like, it, it, the, the tweaks that they made to the story. And you can see the, the tweaks they made in Into the Spider-Verse. They've been playing with throughout his outside of the comics appearances, like making his dad a cop instead of a secret agent. That comes from the, the Ultimate Spider-Man animated series. Right. Right? Like, the, the small tweaks they made to uh, Gonk and, well, Gonk and uh, Ned Leeds in... Spider-Man Homecoming, those also came from his animated appearances in one of the Lego appearances of Miles. So they've been tweaking them all throughout outside the comics. Say, okay, what else can we do with this character? What else can we do with this character? And then Into the Spider-Verse drops, and it's like, we got it. We think we've got our Miles. This is how we want Miles to be perceived. And, and it, cool, like you it said, just worked. They've been refining him. You've been watching them smooth out the edges. Yes. It's a rolling work in progress. And you come to this game, and they might have got it. <laughs> we might be done finding this character. Um, this is the direct, I guess, expansion pack DLC type thing. It's a larger than DLC, smaller than a full sequel. Um, addition to the 2018 uh, Marvel's PS4 Spider-Man. 
the best-selling AAA title on, or excuse me, best-selling PlayStation exclusive title um, of all time. It's, yeah, and now this game is now the launch title for the PS5. I just as a job and a life and a family like I and, and like I do, and I assume you don't have a PS5. Uh, no, no, I do not. Um, We're working from the same platform, but it was all because it was also released for the PS4. And I'm, I'm when the PS5 gets here, I will get one and I will play this game again on the PS5 to take in the beautiful graphics. But I tell you right now, on the PS4, if that's what you've got, this game will show you what your machine can do. Yes, yes, it will. Like it, it, it looks gorgeous. Gorgeous. And it's really a an interesting triumph over the 2018 game, which was already a massive rousing success, because just like Miles' origin has happened in media, they, they're smoothing out the edges. Uh, this didn't feel as tight, so we're going to tighten some of the swinging up. Okay, All right, that's good. Well, the music we could use, let's personalize Miles. Let's make that really more Miles' thing. And one thing they did, not just with the music, they brought in into the Spider-Verse sounds, mm-hmm. like outside of the special costume, the that scare chord pops up so many times in this game, right? Like the, the subtle under strings from Into the Spider-Verse pop up at various cuts. And I'm like, I'm all right. Sony does own all of this. So Very they can so. just recycle these assets. Very much so. It is um, graphically a step up. We'll talk about the story later. We're going to get into spoilers then, but I'll give you guys a big warning there. Um, but yeah, so the story of Miles to this point was kind of told in, like you said, the Spider-Man game of 2018. He is an ancillary character during the game. You control him, I think, twice. And it's kind of his origin because he loses his father. In the, I'm not, I'm spoiling the game of 2018. Sorry, guys. Loses his father in the course of the game and acquires spider powers. No one can ever explain to me why he decides to tell Peter at the end, unless he also suspects Peter Spider-Man. But that's neither here nor there. And this game takes place one year later. And as a let me just share, what was your let's give a general review before we get into spoiler territory. What did you think of this game? This game is great. Like, it, flat out great. The it looks gorgeous. It sounds gorgeous. They they really took advantage of, like I said, the assets that they had available to them. Again, you're Sony. You can actually purchase different songs. Like I'm, the 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 songs that play during the credits, the song that plays in the opening. I'm like, oh, y'all actually realized what you had at your disposal and actually like tried to to well, inject you know that into the game. Is, right? Hmm. You know what that song is? Which one? The one that plays during the opening. What song is that? I believe that's the original song written by Jaden Smith for this game. So Jaden Smith has two songs for this game because he's got the end credits too. Yes. So I didn't realize he wrote them specifically for this game. They were were created for this game. That's a flex. That that is Sony just saying, yeah, we do this. We 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 got this. We I think we know what to do with Spider Man now. Even by attaching it to the launch of the PS5. Right. That's a very big announcement if we know what we've got. And when we get to the spoiler territory, we'll tell you why that matters, particularly this game. This this version of the Spider-Man game, why that matters. But it's, it's you're right, graphically, control-wise, it's just fun. It's just, it's a fun game. And I think it's really well presented, and it's 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 obviously beautiful. Like you said, it sounds great. Um. Yeah, I think we've talked about it. all we can do without talking about spoilers. 
Well, the, the, before we go to the spoiler territory, Excellent. combat in the game, I appreciate yeah. everything they did to make Miles feel different from Peter. Mm-hmm. Um, I also appreciate them taking away Web Bomb because that was the single most broken thing in the first one. I could just I jump into a crowd, Web Bomb. I got so many trophies by just using Web Bomb. It was beautiful. Well, they, they replaced Web Bomb with Venom Smash. I was like, oh, okay, this is my crowd clearer now. And, and it's so interesting because, like you said, so... I am the nerd completist that I am. I reran through the original Spider-Man, not any side quests. I'm not a masochist. Um, before and all the DLC before Miles, before I played Miles, the controls are different enough to where it's, there is an adjustment period. But you're right; the characters feel so different. To the point right. where I was like, I almost like because eventually, like spoiler, not spoilers, but we're probably getting another game. It's probably gonna be called Spider-Man, and I cannot wait to buy it on launch day. Um, yes. But, like, even when they do, like, the flipping back, because there's going to be a flipping back and forth aspect, that's going to be interesting. Because, like you said, these characters play so dramatically differently. Right. Like, the, the, their core functions are the same, swing, stealth, fight, but they all do those things so differently. Right. right they, it, get it's, that, they get to the same goal with very different paths. Like, the so this game cannot escape the Arkham comparisons. Here's where they really differ from Arkham when Arkham let you control different characters for their side, for the, the, the side content, mm-hmm. they all just felt like variations of Bruce. Like even the, the Barbara yeah. side mission, she just felt like another Bruce miles feels like a completely different Spider-Man. And, and a lot of it's some of the wrinkles they threw in the animations, like just watching him yes. land on something and stumble I'm like, Oh shit. That's, it's it's not overplayed, but it's like a naturalistic is working in there in a in a way that doesn't distract you from the game, but also kind of reminds you that this is a 17 year old kid trying to figure it out. Like his dodge animations, he's like he'll actually slip in his dodge animations. You'll still like you'll the dodge function still works, but it'll look like you messed up. It's like nope, you didn't mess up. This is just Miles being 17 taking on five people at once. Exactly, a hundred percent, man. It is. It's crazy. I think it's just really well done, really well pulled off, really executed. And uh, you ready to talk story? Yeah, let's do it. If you've not finished the game, here be spoilers. This is a spoiler warning. You've been warned about spoilers. I feel covered. I think we're good. All right. So the game opens, like I said, a year from the events of Spider-Man, PlayStation, uh, Marvel Spider-Man, and it opens with a Direct callback to that game. Because they're transporting Rhino across the city, and of course things go wrong, and the Spider-Man have to stop him. And they die, they throw you right in the deep end. This is a game that assumes you played the first one. Yeah, they they, they give you the, the brief. The tutorial for this game is all of three minutes. Here's how to swing. Here's how to jump. Here's Rhino. Have fun. Yeah, have more than anything, have fun. And I think that's really kind of what happens there. You have fun. You go through the battles uh, sections there. Then you get the introduction of the Venom Strike, which is the first moment where it's very clear this is going to be a very different game. Because when you fight Rhino as Spider-Man in the first game, you're using other things to hit him with, to, to daze him so you can punch him. Miles' final other things is hit him with a lightning fist. Yes. And... All right, in my brain, logically, I knew they weren't going to kill Peter. Right. But because 
Peter's death is so ingrained with Miles in terms of like how pop culture perceives him. I got scared for a second in that cutscene. I'm not gonna yeah. lie. I was gonna know they typically kill Peter in the Miles origin story. That's kind of one of the things. But our Peter lived, and we get our first introduction to uh, the guy who plays Anthony Drake. Why am I blanking on his name? Troy Baker, um, voicing this the the slimy, Simon Krieger, Simon whatever Simon Krieger. Yes, um, the slimy Roxxon executive who's come. The bad guy in this game is literally gentrification. Yeah, like so. <laughs> When I was reading reviews for this game, a lot of people were saying that the game, quote, doesn't go far enough with its politics, unquote. And I'm like, have you played the game? <laughs> Literally, the theme of the game is a black neighborhood under siege from gentrification from companies, from organized crime families, which are traditionally white. Like, that. that's the theme of the game. It's all right there. Anyways. It's, uh, it, it, it's, very, it's very on the nose. Right, like. The only thing it was missing was Peter going message at the end. And it would have been earned. Like, they could have done message, and it would be like, you know what, y'all earned it. They could have rolled you, the, the more you know at the very end, and like, wow, that is a great way to look at the when, when the game was announced, they said, okay, he's going to be in Harlem instead of Brooklyn. I was like, okay, yeah, sure, have the have him in Harlem. But I'm like, nope, I get it. This game could only work in Harlem because we've already lost Brooklyn. Yeah, this is a – damn, that was – that was true and good. That was mean and sad and true. Uh, I mean, it, like you, this game can't happen in Brooklyn because they've already gentrified Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> you're fighting. You're breaking leaves on a windy day. There's no way to win that one. Um, right. So, God, that was mean. Um, and from there, Peter decide, Peter announces he's leaving New York. And so he's got – there's only going to be one Spider-Man left in New York. And he gives him a gift, which – I've seen people say it kind of decry that suit. That's the first suit Miles wears in the comics. Right. Like, okay. It's such a great one. Like you, like you said, that's the first suit he gets in the comics. But two, thematically, it has elbow pads and knee pads. It's still a sign of Peter saying, Miles, you still have the training wheels. It's still a sign thematically of, Miles, you're still just Peter Jr., you're Spider-Man Jr., even though everyone calls you, you know, just Spider-Man. You're just the, the kid version of Spider-Man. And the whole theme of this is be yourself, grow into yourself. And that's why he couldn't give him the OG suit. In the, like, in that moment, he couldn't have given him the OG suit. It would have yeah. cheapened it. Very much so. Very much so. Um, he then has his first confrontation with this under, what they're calling the underground. And it's revealed that the leader of the underground, the Tinkerer, is actually one of his good friends from Brooklyn who he grew up with and... We now have the Otto Octavius up. So how did the, how did that reveal hit you? I mean, I think they kind of telegraphed it. I should, so, it I should have seen it more because her name is Finn Mason. That's when it hit me. When when you do that first time capsule mission and you pick up mm-hmm. the thing and it says Finn Mason, I was like, oh, you, you. <laughs> but that's also cool. Like they ginger bent the, the, the tinkerer because there's nothing about the tinkerer that's inherently male. Right. I thought it was a great, a great touch, a great move towards, like I said, one of the subplots of this game is inclusion and, and representation. And in doing that, that was great. I thought, you know what you didn't see in Spider-Man 1? Female antagonist, except for Screwball, and she was awful. And your mileage may vary on how you view Black Cat. You never fight Black Cat. How about that? Also true. Also true. Um, From there, it's 
Spider-Man saves the day on a bridge, but then you get a very real, very like weighty image of this Afro-Latino Spider-Man being drawn down on by these soldiers in armor after saving the day. The private police of the company trying to gentrify Harlem has their guns drawn on a black kid, snatching cameras out of the hands of people trying to record it. With his hands up, but he says, I'm not your enemy. He says that. Bruh, I I don't get what he... And then what happens? The motherfucker turns invisible for the first time. And Justin, they found a way to contextualize his powers, because in the comics, I think that Bendis especially wanted to toe the line and not and have him obviously be Afro-Latino Miles Morales, but have that not be the defining feature. Sometimes he 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 leaned too far away for it, my taste. He this wanted to that when you feel powerless, your anger can be a power with the venom blast. Yes. And then it says, not just like every teenager in America's ever wanted to disappear. You've got a very life-defining reason to be. I feel like Bendis simultaneously wanted his character to be a black Spider-Man without ever having to address what that actually means. Uh, See, uh, we're not doing this. We're not doing this. But, yes, we're not going to debate about Bendis today. This is not the day for that. I see what you're saying. And I'll say this. This game found the found the balance. Oh, yes, it did. Yes, it did. This game, from the word go, finds the balance. Because there's no moment you don't know he's Afro-Latino. Whether it's the Spanish he's talking to his mother. On the very first mission, when he's lying about picking up um, coconut milk to go south the rhino the Spanish spoken around their home to just like the things around the neighborhood. When you spend time as Miles and as Spider-Man interacting with the neighborhood, it's not a step, it's not a quest of Harold lost his pigeons. Well, that does happen again, actually. And it's hilarious. And it's great. Really well done. And to the point where I was like, I don't want to deal with these fucking pigeons again. And then I did it. I was like, oh, that's charming. Um, Because after the bridge incident, Miles gets the suit we all know. Uh, they kind of they do the big montage. It plays really well, um, and he's off, and he's got the, uh, the new Spider app, which is a great way to divorce his character from Spider Cop, which was funny, but also not funny. Yeah, like a lot of separation of reality had to happen for me to enjoy Spider Cop. See, I was like, I, I could rock with it just because, like. This is year eight Spider-Man. He's not the Spider-Man getting shot at by the cops anymore. Right. No, no, no. Him being Spider-Cop was funny. <laughs> Real world exists. So I was oh, like... That's, yeah, that's also... That's very fair. Yeah, um, no, like, him being Spider-Cop, Spider-Cop is incredibly charming, funny, and dorky and Peter Parker. Like, it is such right. a Peter Parker thing to do. <laughs> but... While I could replay the first act of this game over and over and over again, the game really starts once he gets the suit. Right. Because we get the Spider app, the the, the, um, Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man app, which is a brilliant way to work in kind of old names about the character, and he just answers people help around the neighborhood. 
He's breaking ice off of uh, cranes. He's helping find bodega cats. He's helping his uncle restart the trains. And for me, this is where like the, the real artistry happens because they know that we know who Uncle Aaron is in every other form of media, including Into the Spider-Verse. But they play against type the entire time. He's like, nah, man, I went straight. I, I got this job at this train yard. I'm just trying to get back. You're given the same hope that Miles has. Exactly. And it's even... Awesome. Uncle Aaron figured it out, man. And, and Uncle Aaron gives you that cool side quest with the beats. And Yo. you're like... Yo, Uncle Aaron, but even before that, even before you've seen him in the suit, you're thinking, I, and I was thinking like, yo, Uncle Aaron's out the life. Well, so, so I thought that, but in one of the first interludes, if you walk around the house, you can find the file on the prowler. Oh, yeah, you have to. It's actually, because I'm played, i now playing it again, you have to interact with that before you can pull out the record. Okay. And so so I, which I was expecting the suit to come out at some point. Right, right. That's a good point. But... So I, I allow myself false hope. I'm allowed to hope. I'm, I'm a dreamer. Um, That's true. And then from there, you you're dove into the larger story of Roxanne taking over the neighborhood, but the smaller story of Miles interacting with the neighborhood. Because one of his first appearances with Finn, he's washing dishes and says, I didn't have an axe where I'm going to go. First of all, he says axe, which is very funny. But second of all, you get the feeling of someone who just moved to a new neighborhood. We've all been there. Right. Like the the first scene is Miles asking where the bodega is, mm-hmm. and that that, that is the game's subtle way of telling you he he's new here. Yeah, uh, the the pseudo love interest, the the, the um hearing impaired girl, Haley. Yo, yo, they handle Haley with such care because she could have just been a throwaway inclu- inclusivity very trope, but much. she is very much a part of this neighborhood, and it is awesome. And I think that's one of the things that kind of they do with this game that I was very surprised by is that on my second playthrough with um, Marvel Spider-Man, if I'd done everything before, I wasn't doing this shit again. I'm, I will never do those science stations again. But with this, I can't do a replay and not do the side missions. Right. I feel like I wasn't getting the full Miles Morales gets embraced by Harlem experience because once you finish the side missions, guess what you get? The Uptown Pride suit, which is the same suit in black and gold, like on some Wakanda shit. And I was like, look, guys. And that's the other thing. They made all the side quests feel mad personal, like even the time capsules. The time capsules hit different after, like right before the climax. Mm-hmm. The time mm-hmm. capsules hit different. Mm-hmm. So, I'm sure they, I'm sure they hit different after the finale, but before mm-hmm. I was like, ooh, dang. And, and, you know, hey, if you've played Marvel Spider-Man, you may have played a bit of this game. And you go to different missions. It's a great engrossing story. Side missions are very fun. You're collecting things, which I still think is fun. Let's talk about the climax. Because it, it ends with, what's is Krieger, I believe his name is? Krieger has sabotaged the reactor. Because he says out loud, you people are disposable. No one yes. will cry about some dead brown people in Harlem. Right. So... The Tinker's plan is I'm going to blow up Roxxon Plaza and take down Simon Krieger, right? Her initial plan is I'm not going to get anyone else hurt. Miles finds out that Krieger, in an attempt to recreate new form, has fucked up the reactor and just doesn't care at this point. 
Right. So in the climax, like when you're actually fighting Finn in the reactor, Krieger's voice pops up and like, hey, thanks for blowing this up. I'll write off the insurance claim and I'll build over the new blocks. Thanks, right. guys. It's and like once that happens, Finn's voice in the boss battle changes. Mm-hmm. Right, like it goes from being defiantly angry and you know sure of herself to just she's lashing out, and it's clear that she's lashing out. Yeah, and and, and the game does little things like that throughout that just work so well. Like, I don't know if you know, I don't know if this was your experience, but in the fight with Finn, after the first break, where it's like, it, it still feels like Miles is trying to get through to her, and then when Miles is like, okay, I guess we're fighting, like, the fight just got easier for me. It was like, oh, Miles was doing the Peter thing of I'm holding back until I can't mm-hmm. hold back anymore. Oh, for sure. He's like, I'd rather talk you out of this. And then the minute he stops, I'm like, oh, this fight is actually... When he takes the mask off and shows her who he is. Yeah. It's... It's truly a Spider-Man simulator. Yes. You feel it because the decisions he makes has weight, man. Even the betrayal of Uncle Aaron like that. I kind of saw it coming because you, especially in the replay, you see him kind of react to the word rocks on even when they first meet at the train station. Stay away from the miles. Right. And so when he betrays him, even that fight, you're almost like I could feel like you said the game almost got easier at a certain point. Like, okay, I gotta leave. I've gotta save these people. And I love that he was not trying to leave because he thought his uncle was wrong or because he was hurt by his uncle betraying him. He did it. All that stuff's true. But more than anything, he's like, I I have to go do this. I've gotta save these people because who else will? Right. And Aaron's motivations felt so real, right? Like at no point do you feel like Aaron is a bad person. In this game, Aaron is portrayed as someone that is terrified for losing his nephew after he just buried his brother. Mm-hmm. And he says it in the fight. He says, look, I've buried my brother. I'm not going to bury you, too. You're going to get yourself killed. I can't let you do this. But that's also juxtaposed with his mom. When his mom finds out he's Spider-Man, his mom's like, yo, you got to do what you got to do. And I couldn't be more proud of you. That. I, that was handled, I thought it was really well handled because I thought she was going to find out, but I thought it would happen in the climax. I liked that it happened before. Just structurally, I thought this is a really well told story. And that's one yes. of the reasons why I think the story is stronger than Marvel Spider-Man because there was an impetus or an interest in making that game feel huge. And it works. It feels massive. They literally throw coronavirus in Times Square. <laughs> They call it an airborne pandemic, and I'm like, this is too real. I don't want to play anymore. Um, at least you could see that shit. It was red. Um, but this game, I fell in love with Harlem. I fell in love with Miles' interaction with Harlem. I, the reason I want to do the side quest on my next playthrough is because it makes everything else hit better. It makes everything else mean more. It is... The entire game is a conversation between this character that we're getting to know and the world he's getting to know. Right. 
And like, it's more I, than just the joy of discovery of I can have lightning fists or I can turn invisible. It's the joy of discovery of dapping up the dude who owns the barbershop because he knows you before the mask came off. That is a great moment in the game, too. Especially the game operates under the assumption that you did all the side quests before the finale. It has to. Because once you've done all that and the neighborhood embraces you, that scene of the neighborhood coming to you and seeing you for who you are and saying, cool, now nah, we got this kid. He's our Spider-Man. So the way the game ends, the reactor is about to go boom. Miles has used his powers to absorb the energy, but he's going to explode. Finn, seeing the air of her ways or just being like, I don't want to have to deal with the fucking trial, flies Miles into the sky high above Harlem where he explodes allegedly vaporizing Finn, but of course, comic books, nobody, no death. Um, he lands, the mask is gone. His, his friend and, 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 and his mother are coming to his aid and the rest of Harlem that you've met through the side quest is running up too. Cause real Morales is, is running for, for political office in Harlem. And she's leading the evacuation because Miles has told her why, what's about to happen. It's a great repudiation of the original Spider-Man says, don't let anyone see without the mask. You know, hey, 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 we can't. He's a Spider-Man with a support system. Yes. Like he, Miles doesn't feel like Peter Jr. here. No, no. And because of the time and, and the story investment, it goes from he is Spider-Man who happens to be in Harlem to being Harlem Spider-Man. He goes from a he goes from Harlem needing Spider-Man to Spider-Man needing Harlem just the same. Because when they see that he's this young boy on the ground who's defended and saved them all, and the cameras come out, they all turn around and block him so they can't be seen. He puts the mask on, webs away, and man, that shit right there, that's an earned moment. Yes, that it is. Wouldn't get in a bigger game if only because like it's the open world problem of any open world game. You feel like you've got to fill every inch of this so you see it all. This game for me works better than Marvel Spider-Man because it says, nah, man, we're telling one story. And yeah, there's collectibles all over the island and you're going to see it all. Yeah, there's missions everywhere. But this story is about here. And that's what, honestly, this is my argument where I say that you should make comic book shows, television shows, not movies. Yes, no, I'm with you on that one. So well. Because episodic makes you fall in love, makes you relate to a character, makes you follow an arc. Two hours and out, man, come on. If I've got you for an hour a week, for five, ten weeks, we're building something here. And this, that's it. This felt like Spider-Man the television show. That shit felt like two movies because it was so long. I forgot how big that, that game was. Yeah. It, it, you are correct. I think Act 3 of Spider-Man is one of my favorite video game moments. Oh, for sure. Dude, everything. It's a whole other thing. Like, in Act 3 of Spider-Man, it's like, oh, I'm actually Spider-Man. Because, like, okay, cool, I'm going to do this mission. And you see all the crimes pop up, and you're like, oh, this is how Peter feels every day. But I think this story, like you said, it's so personal. It's so tightly paced. It's just great. Yeah. You, you, you're right. It's better. I'm not making an argument. I mean, like, that's just how I feel. You know what I'm saying, like, it's woo. yeah, it's it, it, and the, the the little things they do to pepper the world, like when when Miles gets Peter's suit 
it's tuned into J. Jonas podcast. Yo, this guy is a masochist. And Miles is like, no, nah, I'm not doing this. And he finds Danica. Mm-hmm. And I, I appreciate, I appreciated Danica's addition to this because she gives a different perspective, right? Like Jay Jonah gives his, through his lens, big picture perspective. And Danica gives a more personal perspective. Um, I will say though, one, the people in this game are incredibly, they behave like real people and do what real people would do and behave extremely intelligently, except for one moment. Give it to me. When Gonkly goes on her podcast and says, yeah, we helped, we helped Spider-Man against the Kingpin. I was like, oh, you. Yeah. Mm. I like that, that with that side quest, we get a hand-me-down villain. Yes. To, oh, Peter's been chasing you for eight years and finally locked you up. And now I'm here to pay, be a pain in your ass. I, I like that a lot. Um, my favorite Easter egg of the whole thing, one of the time capsule missions, of course, I have 100%. I have, I have a problem. Um, one of them is tickets to see um, Dazzler and Lila Chaney. Yes. Yes. So what you're telling me is I'm getting an X-Men game in this universe, which is all I needed to hear. Don't tell me otherwise. Especially after Spy- the 2018 Spider-Man went at great lengths to pretend like mutants didn't exist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now we're saying, up oh, Dazzle's here. Fuck it. Balls to the wall. Yes. Lyle Chain is mutant, too. Yeah. You're absolutely right. <laughs> Come on. I mean, like, I'm, I'm in. Let's go. Let's do this today. Watch Spider-Man. We're going to see uh, gold balls at his high school. Don't. <laughs> gold balls matter is the funniest damn thing in the world. Um, Justin, that's all I had to say about this, this game. I had to talk to someone about it. I'm glad it was you. I'm glad you finished. I'm glad you're doing New Game Plus. Do you have any parting thoughts about what this isn't? If you miss Marvel movies this year, go download this game. This is your Marvel movie. Yeah. That, yes, what you just said, that the game is great. It's extremely fun. It's extremely, it, it's tightly paced. Yes, it's short. It's about 10 hours. Um, the story itself is about 10 hours with collectibles and everything. It's what, probably 12, 14, whatever, but well worth the time invested. It is well worth the time invested. It is so great. The city feels alive. The characters feel alive. Um, God, that Fisk reveal. I should have seen it coming, but I didn't. I, that like, probably, I, thought, I, I, I thought near the end, though, because they kept speculating on who it might be. So I knew it was one of the names they were saying, but this got me. Yeah, I'm okay, it's Maggie related. So what is it, Silvermane? Did Hammerhead get away somehow? Mm-hmm. Well, no, before, like, before that, there was speculation like, oh, could be Electro, could be, could be like, he and Genki are talking about. It. I'm like, guys, come on, let's just relax. Who could it actually be? And then when it's Kingpin, of course it's Kingpin, because that's how the first game opens. Right. Oh, wait, so you've already beaten this. So you got the phone call with Peter at the end. Not the cutscene, but when he just calls you randomly. Yeah. When he said, I'm going to teach, because that. The the JMS Spider Man it, it it's got a, it's a close it, it's close to my heart. So when he said yeah I might teach I was like oh um there's that but there's also the mid credit scene we haven't talked about. Spider Man is going to be a problem. He called that one armed Doctor Kurt. Yes he did. And we know the lizard exists in this universe because you get a vial of lizard blood during uh, one of the backpack missions in spider-man yes so in that room we're talking venom's 
Goblin and Green Goblin. Because come on, like I, I understand Norman Osborn did not turn into the Goblin in that game, but he's but Norman they, Osborn. They had the 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 flying, uh, they had the the glider, they had the pumpkin bombs. Come on, man, that, that's come on, come on, buddy. If I know it's too soon for this, but if they somehow adapt the themes of Go Down Swinging in Spider Man. I think, I, getting, I think we're getting Black Suit, we're getting Miles versus Peter. Ooh. I think at some point the suit takes over, you got, and you're going to be Miles for, like, Act 2, you're Miles. That'll be very interesting. Peter comes, Peter finally figures out that Harry's being held by his dad, and he comes to get him. That pushes Norman to putting on the suit. It pushes Harry possibly to the brink of death being taken and the symbiote onto Peter, which now we know came from space, which bravo, you Easter egg dumping motherfuckers. Yeah, that flashback was like, why, why are we going through this museum? Why is all this space stuff in the, oh no. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> it is, uh, it is powerful. It is good. It is representation is not a afterthought. It is one of the reasons this game exists. Uh, give it a shot if you ever interested in Spider-Man or if you just like good stories, strong stories, and you want to be entertained for a couple of minutes during this uh, here pandemic, this is the way you do it. That was your show. We'll be back later this week with uh, Susan's take on Star Wars. I apologize in advance for her uh, take on Star Wars fans, but I hope you all enjoy it and continue enjoying The Mandalorian and continue enjoying all the things that are distracting you from the burning world around you. That was your show. There is no outro. See you guys later this week.